0: Hi everyone, this is Jen. Welcome to another edition of Together. In this video, we are going to talk about sex after Mormonism in the context of marriage. Okay, so I did a video about sex. The basic idea is it's up to you to decide what really works for you, for the health of yourself, your partner, and everyone around you. Okay, in the context of marriage. This can go one of a few ways. If you are a closeted Exmo and your spouse is still a TBM, it's possible they will not ever be open to experimentation in any way, shape or form. It's possible that what you have or lack at this point in time is where you're at. Okay, now it's also possible that your spouse will be willing to experiment even in the confines of their TBMness. But don't hang your hat on it. Okay, so if you are completely out, you are not closeted and you are single, go look at the other video. But if you are married and your spouse has come out with you, you now have a lot of choices to make. Okay, and I wanna prepare you both circumstances right? Whether you are closeted and with a TBM, whether you're not closeted, your TBM spouse knows you're out and you're still with a TBM, or whether you both come out together or, you know, roughly the same time, you're both out now, whatever. In all those circumstances, there may be some issues to overcome. The biggest issue that I find with Couples as they are experimenting with new sexuality. This is what I've seen in my friends and and in people that I've known They will have an incompatible idea of what they want Okay, it's very simple in Mormonism There's no extra anything usually, right? You do the deed and you're done most of the time sometimes that's definitely not the case but a lot of people have been very, quote unquote, pure in their interactions. I've known people who wear their garments during sex. I've known people who pray before, during, and after sex. Okay. Now there's anything wrong with that. You can pray. I mean, whatever works for you, but as you're coming out of that environment, depending on how devout or fundamentalist your views have been, you will have to discover if you actually are sexually compatible (laughs) okay now that can be kind of difficult you're also going to have to decide what to do if you're not i have seen that happen to people they don't want the same things at all no matter how much marriage counseling they go to they are not sexually compatible in any way shape or form okay another thing that happens people leave Mormonism and all of a sudden they realize, oh my gosh, guys, I'm gay. Okay, now, I might do another video on that. That is something that happens. It would definitely cause issues in someone's sex life, right, between a couple. So all of these things are things that you're gonna have to take into account. And this is what I say. The most important thing here is communication. Clear communication between you and your partner. Now, even in the sense of, yes, I'm a closeted exmo, my partner's TBM, you can still express some of these desires, some of these things that you'd like to try that aren't exactly with the status quo, and see how they respond. Now, if they don't respond at all, you're going to have to decide how much this means to you, right? Is this an extremely important aspect of your life that you cannot live without? Then you're going to have to be honest and tell this person how you feel, okay? I am not an advocate of cheating, not even in the slightest way, shape or form, okay? That is just not something that I would ever, 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 ever advise you to do. That being said, I'm not sitting here as your judge I just would never personally do that. I would never think that that would ever be a good thing because for you as well as them, right? Being honest is healthy for you. You can live without fear. You can live without having someone hang over your shoulder all the time and worrying, am I gonna get caught, this and that. Okay. So that's really going to be the most important thing is clear communication, all right? as as much as possible, as clear as you can be, given your particular circumstances. All right, now, as for the idea of having missed out on certain sexual experiences and wanting to sort of recapture that, but still maintain your current relationship, I really kinda wanna speak to this because I've seen this idea go very, very wrong, and in the end, nobody was happy with the result. Okay, so if your spouse, say you left together, two TBMs left together, now two newly minted exmos, hip, hip, hooray, awesome. You're both interested in potentially, like you want to keep the marriage together. You you want to stay committed to each other in some way, shape, or form but you're both interested in having other experiences. Some people are going from that platform into the idea of polyamory. Right now I'm not here as a moral judge or a moral guide on that at all. You will have to decide how you feel about that. Okay. Some people go into swinging which is a less, in my view, the way that I define things, it's a less committed way of being um, sexual with others, whereas polyamory is a more committed way of being. Um, See, and here's the thing, guys, I'm really big on commitment. I think I said in, I don't remember which video it was, but I don't personally find it desirable for people to have sex in a situation in which they're not committed. Now, notice I did not say marriage. I did not say long-term commitment. I said committed. And what I mean by that is something has been negotiated. There's some form of commitment there to fall back on. But this is probably because I'm an extremely emotional and attached person. For you, maybe a one-night stand is your thing. Just from my perspective. This is just my life experience. I am not judging anyone. What I have seen in my friends and in the experiences that I have had with the one night stand idea, it causes much more pain for most people than it ever does pleasure. Okay. That's not a moral judgment like, well, you're living in sin. It's an emotional thing, okay? Human beings get attached to each other very easily sometimes. So on one side or another, very often one night stands or even the swinging lifestyle, it can, can. Read my lips here, C-A-N, can, not always. I don't want to offend you or make you think that I'm judging you for your preferences, but it definitely can cause a lot of emotional pain for people. Okay, so picture coming from a committed marriage in which maybe you haven't been happy. I don't know. Maybe you have been, but now you're realizing that you both missed out on this whole thing here uh, in your youth of being with other people, experiencing what that's like. Right? Maybe there's a whole new world that you've never even experienced. I mean, everyone can't kiss like your husband or wife, right? What if it's something completely new and exhilarating? Potentially it is, okay? But this is where I step in and say, weigh out everything, okay? If you're both very interested in polyamory and you truly feel that your relationship is strong enough, to withstand the inevitable jealousy, you might think it's not going to happen right now, it's inevitable. I've never met a person who's in a polyamorous, polyamorous relationship who does not struggle with jealousy in some shade, ever. All right so if you think your relationship is strong enough to withstand that and you're going to go forward both as polyamorous people you've negotiated all of it you've done all your research right and then all of a sudden your wife goes out on a date and you are now getting divorced right it's kind of a worst case scenario thing unfortunately it's highly common highly common, even in situations where everybody thinks they're prepared for it, right? Just be very sure that that is something that you would want to do and that you are prepared to handle if that consequence happens to roll around to your door, okay? I've known couples who have brought sexually transmitted diseases home. Because not everyone's honest and not everyone always does the paperwork. This happens a lot in the swinging lifestyle, which, by by the way, again, not standing as a moral judge here. I'm just letting you know what I have seen. I'm not trying to scare you off of anything because I've seen some successful experiences with this type of stuff as well. All right. So, at least I'm reasonably successful. I, I don't know... I can't really say, yes, that's successful. No, that's not successful. That's that's a label. That's a judgment. I've seen people make it work. I'll say that. Okay. So if that is something that you are interested in, now one thing I would say, I would never try this with a TBM spouse, even if they say they're open to it because it's going to be like a rubber band. You're gonna pull on that and pull on that and pull on that, yeah, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, and when it snaps back into place, your life is gonna be wrecked. Okay, because just in general, maybe this would work in your case, I don't know, but every TBM that I know, even the ones who are more open-minded and thinking that polyamory could be a good thing, even those, I've seen people kind of not bully, but kind of badger their wives into accepting a sister-wife, right? Well, you know, so this is this is okay because it's in the confines of what the church allows, and you're a TBM, so that's all right, right? And And they can kind of be talked into the more fundamentalist idea of it. Now, the modern church would excommunicate someone for that, but some TBMs don't know that. All right, and some don't really care. They they want to follow the teachings, not necessarily the church corporation, right? I'm not a big advocate of introducing a sister wife into a relationship that's already going to inevitably struggle because of a mixed faith issue. That's not fair to the existing partnership, and it's not fair to whoever you would decide to bring in. All right. It's not fair at all. And I think it would lead to a lot of problems. Now, that being said, judge your situation as it needs to be judged. That's just my view on the issue. Okay. So when you are now together as a couple and you are trying to decide, how to approach the issue of sex in your new relationship there is a temptation for many people to jump off the 10 foot diving board and be like yep let's do it all that might sound fun and seem fun at first and it might be it might be the funnest thing the best thing at funnest wow great job the best thing ever <sighs> right and if it works for you, I am, I am thrilled. I'm over the moon for you because that will be a healthy outlet for both of you. You can really, you know, ex- experience each other and experience life in that way. Awesome. Um, some people get into tantric sex and things like that. It can be a very holy experience. So they say. Right? Holy, not religious. You know what? I'm not going to keep correcting that. You guys know what I mean. I hope. <laughs> okay. But it can also be overwhelming. And there can be emotions that you would not expect from your partner or even from your own heart. All right. You may do these things for a few months and then it hits your partner. Oh my gosh, you know what? I just feel so bad about this. I can't do it anymore. And suddenly they're back in church and you're like, what just happened here? Okay. It happens. Right. My advice would be don't push it too far or too fast unless you really feel very secure in the idea that both parties are going to be completely okay with it. If there's any sort of lingering exmo feeling, don't push your partner. Sorry, lingering um, TBM feeling, don't push your partner. Don't do it or don't push yourself. Okay, any physical pleasure that you get from those acts will be far dwarfed by the amount of pain it will cause when you find out that nobody was ready for that and now your spouse is back in ironclad TBM. Okay, take it slow because the reason is when people haven't done these things, especially. People who have been raised in very fundamentalist areas or very devout areas or in a very devout way. We've been taught our whole lives that these things are filthy dirty. Not just kind of bad, filthy dirty. So what might happen is psychologically, we can repress that for a while. Okay, that's alright. You know, cognitively I understand the church isn't true, I'm going to do this, this will be fun, and it's nice and fun and pleasurable. But then a few months down the road, those other emotions start bubbling up and we're feeling dirty. We're trying to repress that feeling of dirtiness, right? We're trying to repress it. But without therapy sometimes or without a significant amount of time to adjust, all of a sudden we're like, okay, you know what? Never mind. I can't do this anymore. I'm so dirty. I'm so filthy. I have to go back and be clean. I need the Lord, right? And I'm not mocking anyone. I've been there. I have been there many, many times, okay? It's like this back and forth, back and forth, pendulum thing with the feelings of guilt for a lot of people when they leave Mormonism, especially around sex, especially for women, okay? Men, men too, but esp- and, and especially also for homosexual individuals. The guilt, the guilt, you guys, it's insane right? Look, I didn't just bash in people's heads over here. I'm trying to express love with a partner, right? The guilt will still catch up. Okay. Now, sometimes people are blessed to not have that happen. Blessed. Oh my gosh. Sometimes people are lucky. (laughs) A lucky ducky. (laughs) You're very blessed. To not have that happen. Hi hi, my name is Jen and I'm an exmo and I still use terms like blessed. Jeez. Anyway, sometimes people are lucky enough to not have that happen. Or they, they realize they recognize, okay, I'm gonna need therapy. So they go to therapy right away. Now not everyone needs therapy. Don't think that like, oh, now I have to go get therapy. If you don't really wanna get therapy. I've gone to therapy. Anyone who knows me is like it's a good thing you went to. I, I, I agree. (laughs) Okay. So not only crazy people go to therapists, though, you guys, if you need a therapist, if you need a marriage counselor, choose a good one. All right. Look at reviews. Choose someone who's compatible with your new worldview. Don't go to LDS services and expect to get anything there. I went there once when I was having trouble with my eating disorder And the lady said something along the lines of, uh, nothing about my eating disorder. It was all about the church. Church, church, church. You need your testimony. Have you been studying your scriptures? I'm like, aren't you a licensed therapist? Aren't you supposed to be talking to me about therapy? That's not the worst thing. I had another therapist and he asked me about my masturbation habits. This man sat across from me and asked me all about it. Intimate details, I was 18 years old. All I was trying to do was get over my anorexia and bulimia, right? That's not okay. This guy was a member of the LDS church and he was kind of high up in his ward or in his stake. I can't remember his exact position. He would give me articles about church things. This was a completely non-LDS affiliated therapist. utah valley that caused so many emotional scars to me and i never followed up on it and i really feel that i should have i should have brought some charges or something because i was so messed up to have him asking me about those intimate details so choose a good therapist you don't want someone who's going to delve too far ask extremely intimate details find a therapist who will let you take it at your own pace but who will still give quality advice okay and hopefully from a non-Mormon perspective. Now, if your TBM spouse will only go to a Mormon therapist, that's kind of difficult. It really is, because they're automatically assuming that you're wrong in most cases. There are some really good TBM therapists who can separate themselves from that, but not all of them are like that. Okay, so use your judgment there. All right, in general, guys, the bottom line is, and I'm gonna tell you this from years of experience, cause I'm old. See those wrinkles? Old. Any physical pleasure you get from any sexual act will never be as physically pleasurable, or uh, sorry, as pleasurable to you if you really love your spouse as taking it slow and going at a pace that's acceptable to both of you. Okay, now, that being said, there are some people who are more highly sexual than others. And now that you know the truth, if you find that you cannot live without that aspect of your life being fulfilled, you do have a tough choice to make. You really do. And I don't envy you that choice. I might recommend therapy for you as well with a a qualified non-LDS therapist who can help you get a neutral viewpoint on this. Divorce is tough. Even when the relationship started in an awful way and it really shouldn't even ever have started, divorce is tough, especially if you have children. However, I think that for some people, and this is not a popular opinion, in a lot of religious or even spiritual areas of life, I think divorce is the only option for some people because when you come up against someone who is so wildly incompatible with you and you have Spencer W. Kimballed yourself and thought, look, I can make this work with anyone as long as we're both righteous. Then that might be the only option. Now, two guys with homosexuality. I've known couples who have managed this beautifully. Someone will come to the other partner and say, "Look, I realize that all along I have been I have been a homosexual. I have been um, gay or a lesbian or whatever you however you prefer to describe yourself." And the other partner says, "Okay, all right." So what we're going to do is we can still stay married for tax reasons if you want or whatever, this and that, or for the kids, and we can open the relationship. Some of them get divorced and they do it amicably. right? Some of them open up to just being polyamorous. Some people are bisexual. And so there's still some sort of sexual interaction within the marriage. All I'm saying here is love each other, communicate well seek help when needed, and don't push it too far too fast, or you may end up regretting it. Okay, that's not a fear thing. It's just some advice from someone who's seen a lot of stuff in life. Okay, I wish you the best on this issue, and I will see you guys in the next video.